Is your health thriving or is it merely surviving? Welcome to Thriving with Chiropractic, where we unpack conditions and lifestyle challenges in order for you to be the best version of health you can possibly be. I'm your host, Dr. Mosier, and my beautiful co-host is my wife, Ellen. Join us on this journey to thrive. Hey folks, Dr. Mosier here, and I have my friends Jeremy and Gerald with me, and they are, well, Jer Jeremy is a pastor, and then Gerald, you are a trustee of, of the church that you guys both attend. And this is going to be absolutely phenomenal. What we are talking about is mental health. So, guys, mental health has been an issue for years, right? Right. And, and, and I really want to know your guys' perspective on mental health and, and really the anxiety and the depression and things like that. I know, uh, Pastor, you're trained in counseling and, and you've been in the church years and you've seen a lot. So, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I want to hear from you guys what your thoughts are. Okay. Person. You know, the general thought is most people in the world today will look at mental health and say, well, that's kind of new. This is kind of a new thing. But there is nothing new under the sun. Men have always had the, uh, the not the ability, but if, they, if men have always, if they haven't maintained a good focus on their spiritual life, the devil takes over. Sin takes over. So we have to have a to have a good, healthy mental health. We need to have the proper focus in our lives. If you've got the proper focus, if you set your mind on things above, you're going to be totally less bothered by things that happen below, and you become a lot more able, equipped, if you will, to handle the stresses that life throws at us today. But is there anything new under the sun? No, the devil's always been about like a roaring lion seeking anybody he can destroy. But we have the word of God that keeps us strong and able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I like that. You know, there was, there's a point in my life uh, when I was just a fresh chiropractor and, and, and I'm so focused on school and not so much on going to church and, and, and doing the right things. And I started to that, that self-doubt started creeping in, and I came to a point where I almost just was like, I'm gonna quit, I'm gonna give up on myself. Um, so yeah, I, I like what you're saying. Yeah, I know you're gonna. All right, well, I've got, Gerald's got so much to offer. Uh, but I wanna, I wanna share with you some thoughts, something that we've got to work on with everyone around us. So, you know, what you do for a living is very beneficial to us. Because yeah. with the aches and pains that we've suffered, you've helped us overcome those mm -hmm. so that we can provide greater service to, well, our brethren, our families, and our fellow man. Yeah. So it's fascinating how this all came into play. It ties together. Yeah, it all ties together. Our physical health ties into our spiritual health. It's a fascinating thing that God has devised for us. So now you identified me as a pastor. Yes. Well, I've got to clarify that. I'm the evangelist, I'm the preacher, I'm the minister at the Beacon Church of Christ, but I also serve now as an elder or a shepherd or a pastor. Those are all terms that define a role that I play. Now, I went 
and got my doctorate in ministry to improve my service for my brethren and those around me. So trying to improve myself so I can serve better. Because Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5, he taught that we are supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And so to be that light of the world, I have to have good mental health and I have to have good physical health leading to that good spiritual health. So the salt of salt of the earth as well, also in Matthew chapter 5. Um, salt of the earth, we understand what salt does. It's a preservative and it helps. And so that's what we are supposed to be. As Christians, we're supposed to be a preservative. Salt also brings flavor. And that's what Christians are to do. And then with the light on the hill, we're not supposed to hide our light. Our light is supposed to be so bright because we live in a world that's filled with sin. It's a dark world. And most of the time, people are focused on, I want to feel better. Well, God actually has a different plan for us than what we think. His, his thoughts, in Isaiah 55 and verse 8 and 9, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your, way, than your thoughts. So we think with a carnal mindset, but God, as Gerald alluded to, wants us to think with a spiritual mindset. If we'll follow God's lead, he'll teach us, and instruct us on how to have a greater life, not for self, but to the benefit of others. In Jeremiah 10 and verse 23, Jeremiah said, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself to direct his steps. So we have to seek God to do that. And in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you. If you'll seek me, follow me, I will show you the best things to do for the world around you. Have any idea what Matthew seven twelve says? You should remind me. Okay, that's the golden rule: okay. do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If everybody did that, think of the world we would live in. If everybody sought the betterment of those around them. In Philippians two, I want to go there. I really, I want to read this because this helps us understand what you and I are supposed to be doing in the world around us. In Philippians two, in verses one through four, and we'll key in on verse five. It says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And here's where we start. Really pay attention to this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And then verse 5, he sums it up and he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Our focus is supposed to be on everyone else. If you really look at your mental health, what are people struggling with? They're all concerned about self. Well, God has not designed us to focus on self. We're supposed to focus on everyone else. When you think about what Jesus did when he left heaven, he left the greatest ever and he came to this earth. He came to a world that was filled with sin. The Creator. Yeah, the Creator did it. And one of the greatest services that he ever did, aside from give, the greatest giving himself on the cross, there's a story that we have. We look, uh, let's see, in Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, we get to see Jesus. It's, it's fascinating what our Lord did while he was here on this earth. Uh, Matthew 20 and verses 20 through 28. And here's where 
James and John's mother come to Jesus and they ask to sit on his right and on his left hand. And he, he tells them, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said, we are able. Well, he said to them, you will. And that means he would, they would suffer for the cause of Christ. But if they would be great, as verse, uh, verse 28 says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. In verse 26, I, he says, It shall not be so among you, meaning the Gentiles who lorded over and exercised great authority. This is not how we're supposed to be. He says, Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Our task is to serve each other. What you do for us enables us a greater ability to serve others. Now, where I really want us to go and really focus on is what Jesus what Jesus did. Uh, I just got to remember where, oh yeah, there it is. In John 13, this is an extremely important section of scripture. And Gerald already alluded to Jesus Christ, the creator. So if you think about the being who spoke things into existence and we think about what he did as he lived his life here on this earth, he did something that really kind of blows us away. In John 13 and verses 1 through 17, our Lord washed people's feet. So here's the being that created everything. He spoke things existed. But he said, we, we see this, and I'd really like to read this. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and what he had come and, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with, with which he... Mosher Family Chiropractic provides comprehensive care and massage therapy for the entire family. From migraines and sports-related injuries to prenatal and elderly massage, Mosher offers the best in recuperative and preventative care. Call today or visit us online. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. He was referring to Judas in that. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, does Jesus tell us that we're supposed to literally go around washing people's feet? No. But the example is we're supposed to serve each other. And how lovely is it to wash someone's feet? Here's the creator of the universe. And he tells us, wash each other's feet. Serve each other. If you would be great, become a servant. That's what, that's what Christians are supposed to be. That's why we do what we do. That's why we sacrifice and we give. And we see that throughout the New Testament, especially in Acts chapter 2. The brethren in the first century, they sold their possessions so that those who had need had their needs met. So when challenges arose, they were able to overcome those challenges and continue to serve God and their fellow man. And in Acts chapter 8, we get to see persecution strikes the church. Well, what do those persecuted Christians do? They scatter. And what do they do? They share the gospel. They serve their fellow man. That's what we're empowered to do. So a lot of times people get asked, they ask the question when you go down the mental health road. They ask, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? Well, the key for the Christian is to remember every man, woman, child that's ever been here on this earth was created by God, created in his image after his likeness. With that comes a tremendous amount of responsibility because God loved everyone. That's what, you know, the first John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's the greatest giver ever. He already gave us everything. And then he gave us even more when he gave his son to be that sacrifice for our sins. Now, we also have to remember that we were planned. No one's here just on a whim. Every person that's ever existed, God had a plan for them. But it's the same plan. Everybody's looking for something unique. No, serve others. That's the plan that God has for us. That's what the scriptures are all about. You know, we learn from the Old Testament. We go to the New to learn the gospel and how to obey the gospel. And then most of the 27 letters in the New Testament are written to help us stay faithful, to stay in the mode of service. That's what most of them are for. And if we'll focus on that, the mental health challenges that we have, well, those will go away. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So yes. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and verse 8 to think on these things. And if we're thinking on these things, what do you think our response is going to be? Here's what he said in Philippians 4 and verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If we're thinking about those things, we don't have time for the junk. Yes. And so our ability to serve and our desire to serve will be great. And if you've ever served someone and you see the joy that you bring, you're going to want to serve more. Yes. You see that in your practice, don't you? Oh, oh okay. my goodness. Okay. I, I get a lot of fulfillment out of it. And I mentioned earlier that I struggled, right, with, with mental health. I struggled with I was going to give up on my passion, my dream, mm -hmm. right? And something clicked when, when I moved into this county, this community, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to try one time. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to serve this community the best I can. And I love that you mentioned washing feet. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, years ago, back when I was in college, in undergrad at Hanover, we went to Haiti. This right. was a, a year after the major earthquakes. Right. And we had translators that were helping us out, and, and we actually had security guards with you know, big machetes and big pistols and everything. We washed their feet. Yeah. And, and, and that that's an experience you never forget. And, and I think that's where things turn around for myself. And I think I think you're right on point on we're here to serve. Now, you know, you said salt, you know, the yeah. word salt of the earth. There's there's passion, right? And and you guys see my passion with chiropractic and adjusting spines and everything. Um Joe, you were very successful in selling cars. Um, I was blessed. Yeah. You were passionate about cars. We could, if we had a conversation about cars, we could talk all day, right? But you were, you were passionate about people. So, of course, you're going to be able to sell a car, you know, because you're passionate. And, and I want to I want to sidetrack for a second because, yes, you have a church. You, you, you're shepherding, you're ministering. And a lot of people think that a ministry is just a pastor or, or a preacher or, or you, right. know, you know what I mean? Yep. But we are not pastors or, or, or ministers by trade, but we're doing a lot for, for the community and, and we're able to serve God and serve people. And I think that's what a lot of our listeners need to know is, is you can still serve somebody. Uh, often I tell people, your pain that you went went through, whatever it may be, is a platform for your purpose, mm-hmm. right? And, and so I, I love this. Please keep going. Well, I've got a couple other things to point out. Yes. One of the key things that's different with the world, they would have us fight against our enemy, and Jesus tells us to do something different. Love. He tells us to love our enemy. We go to Matthew chapter five. It's fascinating what we read from Jesus. If we'll love our enemies, we'll throw them off. They'll no longer be our enemies. They'll become our friends because they're not used to that. They're trying to get after us. And the the thought process in our heart, if we don't have the word of God, is, okay, how do I get back at them? Jesus tells us to do something different. In verse 43, he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We're supposed to do everything we can to help everyone. That's an important point. Important point because most of the time we we don't we just want to help those that we love. We we those in our circle. Yeah. Yeah. We're afraid of, well, getting beat up. Well, Jesus went to the cross and he got severely beat up. Even a man by the name of Stephen was stoned to death. And what did he say as he was being stoned? Do you remember what he said? He said, forgive them. Just like what Jesus said on the cross. Stephen said, forgive them. Even while they were killing him, he said, forgive them. It's a fascinating thing that we're supposed to be doing. 
and with good physical health, that will help with our mental health. That helps us to greater service with God. It, it, it's helping us. We go to, over to Colossians. We go to Colossians 3, and we look at verses 1 through 17. I won't take the time to read through all of this. But 17 verses. But he starts off and he says, this is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. So here's two verses that tells us if we want good mental health, we need to put our mind on God above, the spiritual things. And he teaches us what those are. We're supposed to set our mind on those things. And then he says, because this is for one who has obeyed the gospel of Christ. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Jesus Christ is who we live for. So the bar is set way up here for us to strive for, to improve self, to greater service for others. So if you look at this, after you read the negative, we put not we put off the old man. We put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of our mouth. We're not supposed to lie anymore. We're supposed to put off the old man with his deeds. Now we look at verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The key that you just read is in verse 16. That's the key to the whole mental, mental aspect. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not just a little bit. Richly in all wisdom. Teaching, admonishing one another. And he tells us what? Teach what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Singing with grace and grace in your hearts to the Lord. We are the world's Bible. They don't go home and look and read the Bible. They look and they look at our lives and what we do. They know us. The world knows us. Because we're set apart. We're different. They know us. They see us. So we look at what we do. And this is this is what we should do. That reminds me of, of uh, a child song. You know, this little light of mine yeah. let yeah. it shine. Yeah. You know, we are we are the salt there for it, we're the light and, and there's passion, you know, not just in, in our trade, but in, in people and in serving people. because um, that's that's the one thing that we're supposed to do is serve serve people. Bring people to Christ. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. That's why we exist. People don't see that. There's a song in our songbook. This is my favorite song in our songbook. And I brought it. Yes. I haven't decided whether I'm going to sing it or not. I can't love it. But I might. Fine. Do so, we need to get the guitar? No, we don't need the guitar. <laughs> but this one, it's called Others. And it's based upon Philippians 2 and verse 4. 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. If you listen closely to what it says, it says, Lord, it's a prayer. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know that all I do, I do for you, and it must needs be done for others. Let self be crucified and slain and buried deep, and all in vain may efforts be to rise again unless to live for others. That's how it's supposed to be. That's the prayer, how we're supposed to live for others. So if my mental health is a shambles, and my physical health is a shambles, I can't help. I can't serve. So really, I'm not being respectful to my Heavenly Father who created me, who gave me all of these talents and abilities. He's given me His Word to live by. He's given me the example of his son and showed me, hey, you need to be washing feet. So I have a responsibility to my Heavenly Father to do the very best I can to take care of, of this so that I can serve him. And what you do for a living is helping us to greater service. So I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I think what we just shared with our audience today is going to bring a ton of value because there's so many people. And I just really want to thank you for for joining me today on this episode. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for joining us. And I'll see you guys next time on Thriving Chiropractic. Thank you for joining. We truly hope Thriving with Chiropractic is making a positive impact on your health and wellness. Please comment and share this episode. We would love to hear from you. And as always, remember, your story matters. <laughs>